Today's podcast has been brought to you by Green Shoe Studio. There are so many conspiracy theories out there, and most of them will never be able to prove. And even theories that have been proven fact, for example, Operation Paperclip. For those of you who haven't listened to that episode, Operation Paperclip was a program that the U.S. oversaw after World War II. We enlisted Nazi war criminals as scientists and intelligence agents on the U.S. payroll. Now, this information wasn't declassified until the 90s. So think for just a minute about how many people in that 40-year span of hiding this information thought that it might be true. Maybe they saw something or heard something and it made them a little skeptical, so they looked into it some more. Maybe they found some proof. And maybe when they tried to tell someone, they were told that they're crazy. I mean, that's really possible, right? I know that's happened to me. But now we know this as fact. This has been declassified by the government and released to the public. So at least all those people who were told they were crazy at one point have been justified, right? Probably not. Because I've tried to tell some people about this black spot in our nation's history, and they say, no, that's not really what happened. They weren't actually criminals. They didn't actually do anything that bad. So these people that are anti-conspiracy theorists are never going to change their minds. They believe what they believe, but so do I. And this is all leading up to today's episode, Project MK Ultra. Hi everybody, I'm your host Elizabeth and welcome to Somewhat Skeptical, where we explore the odd, the obscure, and the unexplainable. So let's get into it. One of the most heinous things our country has ever done, at least to our current knowledge. Project MKUltra is one of the most infamous experiments performed by the CIA in an effort towards mass mind control. There were so many different tests conducted as part of this project. Some were performed on volunteers, inmates, and unconsenting targets. The project used lots of different drugs, but most famously LSD. The participants reacted different to the tests. Some were sort of motivated by it, and others were, well, horrified of the notion of any possible future exposure. Ken Kessie is the author of the book One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And he was first exposed to LSD and other psychedelic drugs as part of the MKUltra project while he was a graduate student at Stanford University. Kessie was in training for the 1960s Olympics. He earned a place on the wrestling team as an alternate. He never had any sort of drug, never even tasted alcohol. He signed up to be part of the project sort of by accident. His neighbor was a psychologist. He signed up for the project and backed out at the last minute. Kessie filled in. He never believed that the project was sponsored by the CIA. It wasn't until decades later that he discovered the program's true intent. Quote, the testing wasn't being done to try to cure insane people, which is what we thought. It was being done to try to make people insane, to weaken people, and to be able to put them under the control of interrogators. But the testing didn't exactly have that effect on Kessie. Actually, it was quite the opposite. He used it as a source of enlightenment. He says that the reason it's illegal is because people are afraid of it. Quote, they're afraid that there's more to reality than they have confronted, end quote. But most victims of MKUltra didn't take it in the positive way that Kessie did. 
like Harold Blauer, for example. Blauer was a professional tennis player. He was considered one of the best tennis players of all time. But after his wife divorced him, he fell into a depression. Early December 1952, he checked himself into New York State Psychiatric Institute, where he was diagnosed as a pseudoneurotic schizophrenic. In just over a month, he would be dead. What's weird, though, is he was actually improving. He was scheduled to be released from the institute, but then doctors began, quote, treating, end quote, Blauer with a series of injections that were derivative of mescaline. Mescaline has the same types of effects as LSD. Some of the doctors giving him the shots didn't even know what they were giving him. Dr. Cattell was one of those doctors. He was acting on a classified agreement between the Institute of the Army Chemical Corps. One of the injections given to Blauer ultimately killed him. After this, there was a huge cover-up, and it wasn't until 1975 that the government finally admitted to Blauer's family that it was their fault he died. Blauer was tested because of an agreement with the Army Chemical Corps. The principal researcher at the New York State Psychiatric Institute was Dr. Paul Hotch, a CIA consultant on the Project MKUltra. The experiments on human subjects were developed and performed by the U.S. CIA. The original intent was to figure out and then produce drugs and procedures that would help with interrogations and torture to eventually weaken the individual enough that it forced confessions through mind control. So basically, the CIA was performing dangerous tests on unwilling citizens on the grounds that they might be able to successfully manipulate human minds into confession or force them to divulge some kind of helpful information. Yeah, we have no reason to be distrustful of our government. Let's just put all our faith and livelihood in their hands, no questions asked. Anyway, the CIA coordinated with the Special Operations Division of the U.S. Army Chemical Corps. So the timeline of this program is pretty straightforward. It began in the 1950s, officially allowed in 53, reduced in 64, then further decreased in 67, and eventually it completely ended in 1973. Or so we're told. Now what actually happened in those 20 years is not straightforward. It's disgusting. It's inhumane. At times it's even unbelievable. The list of illegal activities that the program took part in is ridiculous. And even more ridiculous is the millions of dollars that were spent funding studies, examining the methods of influencing and controlling the mind and enhancing their ability to extract information from resistant subjects during interrogation. Some historians have asserted that creating a type of Manchurian candidate subject through mind control techniques was a goal of MKUltra and related CIA projects. For those of you who don't know, A Manchurian Candidate was a novel written in 59 and later adapted as a movie. It's about the son of a prominent U.S. political family who was brainwashed into being an unwitting assassin for a communist conspiracy. But again, that's just an assumption. Alfred McCoy has claimed that the CIA wanted to keep the media's focus on these sort of ridiculous programs and that hopefully the public wouldn't look too close at the primary goal of the research, which, again, was developing effective methods of torture and interrogation. But who knows what the real goals were? It could have been even worse than what we believe today. I mean, they lied for that long. Why do we have any reason to believe them now? A document from 1955 gives a slight indication of the size and range of the efforts. 
It refers to the study of different mind-altering substances. Substances which will promote logical thinking and impulsiveness to the point where the recipient would be discredited in public. So basically, they would be so hysterical if they tried to tell anybody about the testing, no one would believe them. Materials which would promote the intoxicating effect of alcohol, materials which would cause temporary permanent brain damage and loss of memory, substances which would produce physical disablement such as paralysis of the legs, acute anemia, etc., substances which alter personality structure in such a way that the tendency of the recipient to become dependent upon another person is enhanced, a knockout pill which could be put in drinks, food, cigarettes as an aerosol, and that's just a fraction of what's listed in the document. Disturbing, right? So like I said earlier, in the beginning years of the program, they tended to focus more on LSD, and later this was a staple of the program. It's the most widely associated drug to be used with MKUltra. The CIA wanted to know if they could make Russian spies defect against their will and whether Russians could do the same to their own operatives. Once Project MKUltra officially got underway in April 1953, the experiments including administering LSD to mental patients, prisoners, drug addicts, and prostitutes. In one case, LSD was administered to a mental patient in Kentucky for 174 days. Now, I've never done LSD or any type of hallucinogen, but I did look up some of the side effects. Delusions, hallucinations, distortion of time and identity, severe sometimes terrifying thoughts and feelings, panic attacks. Sure, there has to be some positive side, I guess, or else people wouldn't do it, but being exposed to it for 174 days continuously, I'm guessing you're going to get more bad than good. 174 days of all those possible outcomes on someone that's already a mental patient, well, I just don't see how there's any coming back from that. LSD was not just administered to inmates and citizens and mental patients. It was also administered to CIA employees, military personnel, doctors, and other government agents. So really no one was safe from becoming a part of this project, not even their own. LSD and the other drugs were usually administered without the subjects knowing or even an informed consent, which is a violation of the Nuremberg Code that the U.S. agreed to following World War II. The Nuremberg Code was a set of research ethic principles for human experimentation set as a result of the subsequent Nuremberg trials at the end of the Second World War. These were trials of war criminals. So he sentenced these war criminals to life in prison or gave them death sentences. Some of them even ended up committing suicide while awaiting a trial. And then we turn around and do the same thing they were guilty of. The aim was to find drugs, which would force out deep confessions that would really help us. So I guess you could say they had good intentions, but really, did they? Even if it's our enemy, is it ever okay to take control of another human's mind because... If we can do that to our enemies, then where do we draw the line? If we could perform tests on subjects that, in some cases, even caused death, and these subjects were American citizens, then there was obviously no line. This testing went on until 1973. So what are they doing to us now? Our government, our country, our nation's leaders are capable of anything. Operation Midnight Climax, which was part of MKUltra, involved the CIA setting up several brothels in San Francisco to obtain a selection of men who would be too embarrassed to talk about the events that took place. 
Then they were dosed with LSD. The brothels were equipped with one-way mirrors and the sessions were filmed for later viewing and study. People would watch the subjects get intimate with the prostitute while high on LSD. In other experiments where people were given LSD without their knowledge, they were interrogated under bright lights with doctors in the background taking notes. The subjects were told that their trips would be extended indefinitely if they refused to reveal their secrets. The people that were being interrogated this way were CIA employees, U.S. military personnel, and agents suspected of working for the other side in the Cold War. Long-term debilitation and several deaths resulted from this. Heroin addicts were bribed into taking LSD with offers of more heroin. The Office of Security used LSD in interrogations, but Dr. Sidney Gottlieb, the chemist who directed MKUltra, thought it could be used in covert operations. And this is how it really got its start. Since its effects were temporary, he believed it could be given to high officials and then manipulate the course of important meetings, speeches, etc. Since he realized there was a difference in testing the drug in a laboratory and using it in covert operations, he proposed a series of experiments where LSD was given to people in normal settings without warning. When the experiments first began, everyone in technical services tried it. A typical experiment involved two people in a room where they observed each other for hours and took notes. The experiments progressed and eventually reached a point where outsiders were drugged with no explanation whatsoever, and surprise acid trips just became an occupational hazard among CIA operatives. Negative reactions often occurred. I mean, they were on acid, so yeah. For example, one operative had his morning coffee spiked. He became psychotic and ran across Washington. He believed he saw a monster in every car that passed him. Even still, the experiments continued, and they never really made any progress. They never did figure out how to use mind control. Again, so they say. They never even really got close, as far as we know. At some points, they were able to get people to reveal certain information, but it was far from mind control. It was just torture. And the people that revealed information didn't give us anything useful. Eventually, Dr. Frank Olson, an army scientist who had not taken LSD before, went into a deep depression after a surprise trip. Eventually, Dr. Frank Olson, an army scientist who had not taken LSD before, went into a deep depression after a surprise trip, and he later fell from a 13th-story window. It should be noted that it's unclear whether he committed suicide or was murdered. Some subjects willingly participated, and in these cases, they were used in even more extreme experiments. In one case, seven volunteers in Kentucky were given LSD for 77 consecutive days. Eventually, the program stopped using LSD. Researchers said it was too unpredictable in its results, but this didn't stop them from trying to develop a series of super hallucinogens. More experiments involved other drugs, electronics, hypnosis, and in 1973, with the government-wide panic caused by Watergate, the CIA director Richard Helms ordered all MKUltra files destroyed. In attempts to follow his order, most CIA documents regarding the project were destroyed, making a full investigation of MKUltra impossible. However, a horde of some 20,000 documents survived Helms' purge. They were incorrectly stored in a financial record building, and were found in 1977. These documents were fully investigated during the Senate hearings of 1977. 
In December 1974, the New York Times alleged that the CIA had conducted illegal domestic activities, including experiments on U.S. citizens during the 1960s. That report prompted an investigation by the U.S. Congress in the form of the Church Committee and by a presidential commission known as the Rockefeller Commission that looked into domestic activities of the CIA, the FBI, and intelligence-related agencies of the military. In 1975, the Church Committee and the Rockefeller Commission report revealed to the public for the first time that the CIA and the Department of Defense had conducted experiments on human subjects as part of a program to influence and control the human mind, something the government actually did admit to, something the government publicly apologized for 20 years later. Now, in my opinion, Bill only admitted to that to distract from something else going on at that time that he was actually responsible for. So why not draw the attention to the wrongdoings of the presidents before him? But that's another podcast for another time. My goal is not to change the minds of those who don't believe in this kind of stuff. I just want to present you all the information because there is reason to doubt. There is reason to question and there is reason to be somewhat skeptical. And a special thank you to our sponsor, Green Shoe Creative, for making what we do possible. Make sure to visit their website at greenshoecreative.com for any of your website or video needs. Today's podcast has been brought to you by Green Shoe Studio.